Good evening. We are WBCA LP 102.9 FM in Boston. I'm your host and the producer of this edition of Black Teachers Matter. My name is Sharon Eaton Hinton. And my guest this evening is Trepetta Simmons, community activist. She's involved in a lot of things and we are honored to have her here this evening because she's going to talk to us about Article 80. This is a timely live program this evening. But Article 80 and a public meeting is going to be happening a couple of days from now on February 29th at 6 p.m. Now, normally that would date us, but this is an ongoing situation. So before we get too much into the program, I want to introduce my guest and your guest, um, Trebetta Simmons. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yes, Always yes, yes. Always blessed and highly favored. Well, and let the church say. Amen. Amen. So the Article 80 um, is complicated to a certain extent. So I want to give some people some background before we really get into what's currently happening that we want people to be um, knowledgeable about. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading from the Boston, the BPDA, the City of Boston website. Boston's Article 80 process in 1990, and there's a lot of stuff, I'm not reading everything, just let y'all know. In 1996, the Boston Redevelopment Authority adopted Article 80 to provide clear guidelines for the development review process relating to large projects, and large projects are 50,000 square feet, small projects greater than 20,000 square feet, planned development areas, new overlay zoning districts for project areas larger than one acre, and institutional master plans, projects relating to academic and medical campuses. Article 80 was adopted because the parameters of these unique projects rarely fit neatly within the existing zoning code and a more predictable review process was needed. The Article 80 process may include, but is not limited to, review of a project's impacts on transportation, public realm, the environment, and historic resources. Boston Planning and Development Agency project managers assist developers in navigating the Article 80 process. Public input is encouraged throughout a project's review timeline. And that's what brings us here. We're talking about the project review timeline that's happening now and happening across the city as the mayor and the Boston Planning Development um, Agency is dividing up, or Boston Boston Planning Development Agency is dividing up Boston and dividing up lots and property in Boston. Um, so before we get into the actual part of, of um, what we need people to do, Sister Trepetta, mm-hmm. let's tell people what's happening and what's been happening in Boston. It's always been happening the BPDA was originally called the BRA, the Boston Redevelopment Authority, mm-hmm. or um, some of us who are Bostonians who are black call it the Bos- the Black Removal Authority because that's what was happening. So mm-hmm. how what is your take on this um, Article 80 process and what should people know about it? Well, definitely um, grateful to be here on the show. And um, it actually just came to our radar, my radar, I want to say just yesterday. And... Um, what what has been said from that is that there will be a hearing um, tomorrow, actually, and we just got the information, but tomorrow will be a hearing at the Bruce Bowling Building, and um, it's all about the community not having input on these lots of land. Mm-hmm. And um, we're definitely, um, now that we now know about it we're just putting it out in the air for all to know to um come in and say something say something so this so this um the website Mm. that i was just reading from it says you know the subtitle is improving our development review process so they're talking about the bpda improving the development review process and we they're talking about them not you and i are excited to create a more predictable, transparent, and accountable process to review new development projects with community members and developers. This new process will support Mayor Wu's direction for planning and development and aims to further our mission of addressing affordability 
Resilience and Equity in Boston, the Article 80 Modernization Project will study and recommend improvements for community engagement, as well as development review operations. This will not impact development projects that are currently under review by the BPDA while the project is ongoing. And then they have a small project review, large project review. This is on the website, um, bostonplans.org, which is on the city of Boston uh, website. And um, so it talks about, you know, institutional master plans and getting involved. Um, you can contact the BPDA directly, I guess, through um, the city of Boston. But you can also call 617 722 or 300, Monday through Friday, 9 until 5. And so underneath the BPDA, if you've got questions, concerns, or comments, um, affordable housing information, demographic and economic research requests, development project comments and documents, model room tours, press requests, public records requests, blah, blah, blah. So they're no longer printing services. But if you are interested in buying property, especially if you're talking about buying property from the city of Boston, you have to go through the BPDA, correct? Yep, so it seems. If, <laughs> if, if Mayor Wu hasn't just given it, she has, you know, if you're going to build uh, affordable housing, you can have the land. So that's what was said on the news broadcast. I don't know if I can say that, Jaren, but I'm sorry if I couldn't. But that's what she said. And um, that's a problem. When we're, we're, when we're, we're still trying to rebuild or 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 uh give what needs to be given in reparations. I don't know if you're ready to go there, but go um, there. Go yeah, there. yeah, the land right now is the only way that we're going to close the wealth gap. We need our own. And this vacant land that's been all around, it looks horrible. Houses are falling apart. You know, but it's owned by the city. So since the city wants to um, show their apologetic, uh, or give the apology of reparation. I mean, of um slavery here in Massachusetts. What better way to start showing tangible tangibles by saying all these vacant lots, all these empty lots, all these houses that are needing to be um redeveloped, uh, 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 uh or someone to live in. Period. Um. We're going to start off, we're going to give this in reparations and we're going to give them that free labor. Uh, we're going to we're going to turn around. We're going to give like have they given to us. We're going to give back to them. We will supply um, the, the lumber. We will supply the bricks. We will do these things so that they can have an opportunity to put on some boots so they can pull themselves up by their bootstraps. You know, this is a perfect opportunity. She should take it and run with it. So in, in fairness, and I'm reading from the website in Maryland, okay. she goes, uh, this is a quote from her State of the City. Uh, and I didn't go there. I had tickets to go there. I didn't go. But this is on her website. Quote, in this moment of need, we have an opportunity and an obligation to change how we plan for Boston's future. We're charting a new course for growth with people as our compass. Close quote. So her goals our vision, and again, this is City of Boston's vision and the BPDA, is to shape growth that serves Boston's residents and centers their needs. Our mission is to address our city's greatest challenges, resilience, affordability, and equity. And we will take real estate actions and prioritize planning, development, and urban design solutions that further these priorities. Restoring planning as a core function of city government and integrating our work with our city departments will ensure a coordinated, comprehensive vision for Boston. We seek to, and I'm going to read this one again, we seek to build trust seek. with communities through transparent processes that embrace predictable growth. And then there's three little pictures underneath there. Address today's challenges, resilience, affordability, equity. Lead with planning to set a citywide vision. Building trust with communities through transparency and embrace growth, growth while creating a predictable process. This is the website that's outline, outlining the changes that Mayor Wu had proposed, has proposed for the BPDA. And it goes into implementation, new direction for planning, planning for growth in the future through neighborhood and citywide initiatives, including design vision, 
updating and modernizing our zoning code, making development more predictable for both communities and developers, ensuring public land for public good, focusing on resilience and affordability, creating a planning advisory council responsible for coordinating planning efforts across all city departments. And there's two last ones. New mission for our work, a new charter that establishes our mission as addressing Boston's challenges today, and that's the resilience, affordability, and equity, legally ending urban renewal and modernizing the use of real estate tools to further resilience, affordability, and equity, and improving coordination, creating a new city department of planning and design to receive staff. The timeline, much of this work has started, and there will be many opportunities for you to share your input. And so one of the, re- one of the ways to share this input is are these hearings that are coming up, correct? Yes, I agree. And so give you want to give the information about the hearings again? Um, yeah. So I know that the hearing is once tomorrow, um, which is Wednesday, and it will be at the Bruce Boylan building that's down in um, Dudley or Nubian Square. Um, and that's at 6 p.m. And um, we would definitely like, well, feel free to get there nice and early um, and, and really have your voice lifted. And then the second time, they actually are going to vote on it. Well, they're supposed to vote at city, um, the city council chambers at 10 a.m. on Thursday. So this is all like we just got the notice yesterday. And now we're thank God we're on the air today getting it out the best we can now. But this is like tomorrow and the day after that you're that that land that is our opportunity to start building for ourselves it's just going to be like we won't have any input. We won't have anything to say. And I wanted to ask you, um, when you said the advisory board that she's building, is that advisory board going to be us who live here? Or are we going to get an advisory board from the South End, from New Hampshire or whomever, wherever they come from? But are they coming from where we are? Do they live here? You know, that that's that's what my take is. Um, and then also with the planning, the whole thing of planning, I, I've been many times to different, um, community meetings where they ask for our input, but then when it comes time to implement the input or, or to show, um, some type of, um, uh, I wouldn't say payment, but maybe payment for the input that you gave, it's like they're ghosts. Like, like you gave your input for free for nothing, and 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 the show goes on without your without you. Basically, is what I'm saying. So they take your ideas. So I've been on a few committees where the ideas were taken, but I was not allowed to be involved in the planning process. So that's that's another thing. Like, don't just come take our ideas, and then up and leave and and with our ideas or take us out of the the picture and use our ideas as though they were your own. So again, I go back to, you know, the official website. Thank you for that. Mitigation and Impact Advisory Groups or IAGs, right? The city recognizes that large scale and I'm quoting from I'm not making it up. I'm quoting from the City of Boston website. The city recognizes that large scale development projects can have both positive and negative impacts on the surrounding committee community. <laughs> think in order to balance out these impacts, the city works with developers to address the social works with developers, developers. I said that again to address the social and environmental impacts of the project by providing mitigation. An IAG, or Impact Advisory Group, advises the BPDA in both identifying the impacts and determining the appropriate mitigation. The executive order relative to the provision of mitigation stipulates the role of the Impact Advisory Group. And what is mitigation? I know, and you guys, stay with me, because I know it's a lot of blah, 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 blah. But if you, you can't go in there and argue or discuss or give input if you don't know what you're talking about. So you got to know the terms that are being used. What is mitigation? Mitigation can include physical improvements that the developer will provide on site or within the impacted area. For instance, mitigation can include a traffic study that results in a modified pattern of stoplights, 
signage, and crosswalks. Mitigation can also take the form of monetary contributions to local organizations, such as, quote, the friends of, close quote, of a park or a playground. Huh. The BPDA provides oversight of these funds to ensure that they are spent in the ways that are provided and agreed upon. Well, let me go back to that. Mitigation can also take the form of monetary contributions mm-hmm. to local organizations, such as, quote, the friends of, close quote, a park or a playground. Who decides what benefits qualify for mitigation? Mitigation is about creating a balance. To determine that balance, mitigation is agreed upon by the developer and the Boston Planning and Development Agency with the input of the members of the affected community. How does the city approach mitigation? The IAG process was announced in October of 2000 as a way to standardize practices and clarify the framework for determining mitigation. The policy sets clear and consistent guidelines for all communities and developers. Who determines the impacted area? The BPDA is required to determine the Mm. impacted areas of development projects Determining that area involves weighing elements such as location, size, mass, use, transportation, and existing and proposed infrastructure. And then two last points. Why is an impact advisory group appointed? An IAG is a group of individuals chosen to formally Mm -hmm. examine the impacts of a proposed project and make recommendations on mitigation. An IAG is composed of up to 15 members, a majority of whom are residents, business owners, or designees of community organizations within the impacted area. How are IAGs appointed? The mayor appoints the IAG, drawing nominations from the district city council, state representative, and state senator, as well as recommendations from the at-large city councilors and the Mayor's Office of Neighborhood Services. How does an IAG get assembled? The developer submits a letter of intent to the BPDA informing the agency that the developer intends to begin the Article 80 process. Hmm. Upon receipt of the letter, the BPDA solicits nominations for IAG from the district. So the IAG, which is supposed to be 15 people, 15 members, a majority of whom are residents, business Mm -hmm. owners, or designees of community organizations within the impacted area. Mm -hmm. Upon receipt of the letter, the BPDA solicits nominations for the IAG from the district. City Councilor, State Representative, and State Senator. The BPDA also seeks input from at-large city councilors in the Mayor's Office of Neighborhood Services. After a period of seven days, the Mayor appoints the project's IAG from assembled nominations and recommendations so they can nominate. And then the mayor has the decision-making process. The Article 80 review process begins, that's after the seven days, right? Mm. When the developer submits a project notification form. The developer then adheres to all Article 80 and BPDA public review requirements, including a community meeting within the impacted area. The IAG participates in the BPDA scoping session on the project and offers suggestions to the BPDA. So it's all suggestions mm-hmm. um, on project impacts and appropriate mitigation. Remember, we talked about mitigation. Prior to final execution, the BPDA provides copies of the draft cooperation agreement to members of the IAG for review and comment. After review of the cooperation agreement, the IAG's role is complete. So during the comments section, you've got an IAG. And after that, it goes back to the people that make the decisions, the BPDA. And then the last thing is, um, ooh, there's two things. What if I am not on the IAG? The IAG process does not restrict residents or local organizations from submitting comments during periods designated in the Article 80 process of development review. Community meetings and comments will still play the major role in any development review process, and then it says, does the IAG replaced, replace the established community votes? I got to read that again because we're mm-hmm. the community, right? Right. Does the IAG replace the established community voices? The IAG does not replace or limit other community organizations. Every development project will continue to undergo the same thorough public review process. For instance, the BPDA will continue to require 
every developer to hold publicly advertised meetings for feedback from local residents. Every neighborhood or community organization will still have the option to comment officially on a project during the required comment periods. Many projects will require public hearings before the BPDA board, as well as other boards or commissions. IAGs represent a cross-section of individuals to provide greater public insight to the BPDA in weighing mitigation. And for more information, please contact Casey Hines or Nupur Monani, Interim Co-Directors of Development Review. And I guess the number is 617-722-4300. And that's the Boston Planning and Development Agency at One City Hall Plaza. That was a lot to take in. It what was. did you get from that? Well, actually, I, I kind of just got a hold of the end really well. Um, and that's what holding these meetings. Um, they said it said from what you just read that they hold meetings, but they didn't tell you how last minute they are. Like we just got this information yesterday. So and then also not only that, they're not flyering. Is that the right way to say that? Flat when you put flyers out. Flyering that, that works for me. Okay, <laughs> so they're not they're not basically putting flyers around the community. Even when it comes to the property, I, I'm just thinking back to our church. When it, they they say that you're supposed to have signs for the community to know that there's an auction or that there's something going on with the land in your community. Well, come to find out, they say 30 feet from where. That's like literally. Maybe at your front door, you know, not just your front door, but the business, the place in which the auction or whatever is happening to that um, parcel of land. It's like right there on the sidewalk. Mm. That's that's no way to communicate with nobody mm. who's this. You might get one or two people walking that way. You know, what I mean, it's just not it's not the way to reach the people. And they know this. Um, and, and like I said, not posting. um and then you also said about the city councils, you know, um, I must say there there's one that comes to mind that I know is has been like every single meeting possible. She's always there. I think I gave it away when I said she's always there, but she's always there and she stays and she gives us the information, the tools that we need in order to better our community, to better ourselves. Um, but other than that, like, I, I don't hear from city councils. We don't see that that leadership of the, um, uh, I think city councils have, like, someone that's in that community that is more of a, more hands-on or, or I can't think of the word right now, but they have a title themselves. Um, but they're not, they're not inviting. They're not saying this is going on in your community. This lot is going to be up for sale or, or. You know, just engaging us. It's not happening. And um, that's a problem. You're not going to hear from the community if the community knows nothing about what's going on. So I was looking at, um, and I'm listening to what you're saying. And so I, I try to revert to what uh, the people who are holding the meetings say is public information, right? So again, you go to the city of Boston, and I just Googled um, BPDA meetings. Article 80 meetings. And they have them down from February 27th to March 4th, right? And then they've got filters in terms of the different meetings. And then, so we, we haven't talked about it yet, mm -hmm. but the squares and streets zoning community meetings too. So if you've just tuned in, you're listening to WBCA LP 102.9 FM in Boston. I'm your host, uh, Sharon Eaton Hinton. This is another episode of Black Teachers Matter because we're about the education and I'm black and I'm a teacher. I mean, it's just, we're keeping it real. We're keeping it real, real. And my guest <laughs> is Trapetta Simmons, who is a community activist. And I met her while she um, continues to lead um, and be one of the leaders involved in, in territory, regaining mm -hmm. and maintaining territory with a black church that's across from, from Franklin Park. Um, the building is there. Right. The church services are no longer being held there. But then it seems like, you know, whenever I go to these meetings, whether it was reparations meeting or if it's this, this Article 80 meeting, like you're there. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm just saying community activists because um, you're there. And so 
appreciate you know, I, I appreciate you being here and coming and, and <clears throat> excuse me, letting people know what's going on. What is some? So when I'm looking at this website, uh, which is another again the BPDA Wells website, I'm looking on February 27th, which is that's today. Today, mm-hmm. and there was a neighborhood. There is a neighborhood meeting now um, on Friend Street in the West End, and it's virtual. Northeastern University Task Force meeting, Roxbury neighborhood, um, six now at Columbus Avenue. Uh, Faneuil Gardens, which is Brighton, an impact advisory group meeting, which we talked about, which is virtual, which is now six to eight. And then a zoning commission hearing uh, was this morning. Virtual meeting, nine to 11. Roslindale Square coffee hours was this morning, 11 to one at the Roslindale branch, Boston Public Library. Um, Tomorrow, there's another public meeting for Faneuil Gardens, six p.m. to 8 p.m. as virtual at 9 Geneva Street. Although I know Geneva Avenue, mm-hmm. but it says Geneva Street. Oh, this is East Boston. So Geneva Street, mm-hmm. um, 6 to 8 p.m. The Article 80 Modernization Public Meeting located at the Bruce C. Bowling Municipal Building on the second floor in the school committee room is 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And that is Wednesday, the 28th. And then there's these several squares and streets meetings, but there's an Article 8 modernization public meeting again, which is virtual on the 29th of February. And then they've got a meeting in Chinatown. And then there's the Roxbury Strategic Master Plan Oversight Committee meeting in Roxbury in person, March 4th from 6 to 8. So that's on the City of Boston website. Um, from And those are the two meetings that you were talking about, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, you did name them. So now that we know about it, um, how it, 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 it's now what? I show up, show up, and take the mic, let them know that you know. Let 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 um the city council know. Maybe even the mayor will be there. Let her know that it's not enough to just come in and and try to make this all a dictation. We have the voice. It's. Like, it's only what's right. And I can't even stop on that because we are to a point where we understand that what's right is not what's done. Mm. Um, so By whom, though? Because, I mean... This, by those in power. By those in power. So if we're the people and we have the power, then who's really in power? So but, when you... I just want you to be specific, right? Because there's a lot of people involved in this because you're talking about the agencies. You're talking about the mayor. You're talking about the community. You're talking about elected officials, mm-hmm. and everybody plays a part. So, when the people that we're talking to now, hopefully, all of those people are listening. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. who are we directing this message to in terms of showing up? Because theoretically, everybody else is getting paid, or they have to show up. So, who are we directing this message to that needs to be informed about this zoning process and the streets and squares process and the Article Eighty process? Well, we as a people. We as black people, Uh-oh. we ha- yeah. Well, if that's what you wanted, <laughs> I don't know that. I didn't say that. I well, mean, it's black teachers matter, but you well, know. yeah, yeah, no. But I'm saying we as black people, we have to show up. We have to put our foot down because if not, it's just assumed that we don't care. I've heard it before. Mm-hmm. It's assumed that because we don't show up, we don't care about the earth, or it's assumed that because we didn't show up at a parent teacher conference, we don't care about our children. You know, it's hard to show up at a place when you have bills to pay, a place that's not paying you to show up. Understand, I understand, yeah, I'm showing up for my child, but I have to show up for my child to keep a roof over her head. So there are things that we can't necessarily always say that it's going to be because we don't show up at a particular place. That, that, um, That it's our, I would say our fault, but... You know, we just have to we have to show up to this show. Let them know that this is let the let everyone know, period, that the land is our land and we're ready to build upon it. And reparations is now. And this is a tangible way to make it happen. Again, if you just tuned in, this is um, another edition of Black Teachers Matter here on WBCA LP. 102.9 FM in Boston. We are Boston's community radio station. 
And we're going to take a short break. My guest, Trippetta Simmons, is laying it down, y'all, in terms of what you need to do, what you should do, what you could do, what you might do, and do to do. We're here and we're actually talking about a hearing, two, two public hearings. You can go to the City of Boston website, look at the BPDA, Boston Development Good Lord, Planning Association. <laughs> and uh, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back here. The views and opinions of this show are strictly the people that are here and not necessarily WBCA, BNN TV, or any affiliates of Black Teachers Matter. We're talking now. And we'll be here for another few moments. We'll be right back after this. So this is the live radio station. You just heard me stay quiet on the set, and it's because we're live here at WBCA LP 102.9 FM. I'm your host, Sharon Eaton Henson, the producer and the host of this episode and every other episode of Black Teachers Matter. My guest, Trippetta Simmons, community activist extraordinaire, Queen Trippetta. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Um, We have a few more moments, and, and, you know, you and I could just talk and talk and talk because there's so much stuff going on right now we're talking about article 80 but um you and i i think we began talking about the land and this is discussing the land and land use and what the mayor and her appointed whether it's an iag um, advisory group or it's in uh, bpda or bra or whatever a is talking about doing with the land in the black community. Well, the urban community, which is not all black, but it used to be a lot more black than it is right now. Yes. Oh yeah. So what do you see in terms of the possibilities? Because, you know, I was reading off a lot of different um, information from the city of Boston website. And we read about the two meetings that are coming up within the next few days uh, in person uh, at the bowling building and at city council, right? Is it city council chambers? Yep, city council chambers on Thursday um, at 10 a.m. Okay, and then the Bruce Bowling, the meetings at the Bruce Bowling building, which people there, people can avail themselves of. I'm not sure. I think uh, either one of those you can attend uh, virtually or in person. I, I feel that there's power to either one of them. However, in all the different meetings that I've ever um, participated in, there's just different energy. Right. Mm. And then when you're doing um, virtual um, sort of testimonies, right, uh, they give you two or three minutes, they can cut you off. Um, the mm-hmm. advantage of doing some of those testimonies, though, it, is that it can be translated. It can be translated into other languages. Right. Um, so that's an advantage, especially when we have such a diverse city. The disadvantage is they can cut you off. So you can get in a role. And when you're speaking, unless you, you've got sort of a sense of what time it is, um, I tend to write whatever it is I need to say because uh, you you get on a roll and passion gets in there and it's already two minutes and then you haven't even gotten to your point if you if you don't know how to really do that kind of public speaking kind of testimony. And there's an opportunity for people to actually do written testimony too, to submit it. How, do you, how effective do you think? Because I remember going to protest was they said the people united will ne- never be defeated is is that true in this case or in every case mm, people united will never be defeated mm, I, I think i don't think i ever heard that one before but i think it definitely um it has its it has some it has some foundation it has some um i can see that happening i can definitely see that happening um because once you're united you, that's the power, the power of you being united. See, the division is when we literally, like I think the scriptures say, you know, divided you fall, united we stand. So most of us want to stand. We don't want to fall. So it's better to be united, to find someone that has some of some of the same characteristics or things that you, you your goals or what it is your passion is, and you find others that are like-minded and you connect with like-minded individuals and you become a, a force, you know? So let me talk to you about the forces that you've aligned yourself with. I mean, I hear you mm. professing God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, and there are other gods. 
True. involved the God of this world. Uh, we this this is not that kind of show, although we're that kind of people. Mm. But so we're talking about people showing up, mm-hmm. and um, what if? And, and and earlier before the break, you talked about it's survival. You know, you have to. There's certain things you need to do. You yeah. gotta have some money to pay the bills. Absolutely, it usually takes a job or some kind of source of income. Mm-hmm. Um, but how important is this, even despite all the other responsibilities? Because you talked about how, you know, I look at these community meetings. They say, well, we gave people an opportunity to speak. We gave people an opportunity to give input. This is what we got. And and then, you know, also this is an election year, right? And so you have, um, I think the last election, there was less than 30% of the people voted. Mm. And so less than 30% of the people that vote will determine what 100% of the people have to do after whatever is decided. So how do you appeal to how do you appeal to people that you know it's important for them to show up if they have other concerns other priorities i think it's just going to come to actually more so what it is that you want to leave for your children what is it what what do you want what changes do you want to see happen and then you make that change if if you see that the the that something needs to be corrected or, or or done differently or you you know a better way in doing something to make it better, then don't go and say it to someone else. You take the bull by the horns and you do it. Um, and by doing that, you know, you are taking the leadership role and you're showing up. You're, you're not only showing up, you're showing your family, your community, what needs to be done is being done. It's not just talked about. We're doing it. So another thing that um, is happening in tandem with this Article 80 is Squares and Streets Zoning Commission. Mm. And that's a separate um, initiative also coming from the city. Um, And I've gone to a couple of the meetings. Um, The most recent one was one that was in Hyde Park. And and so there have been meetings in each each different neighborhood. And I read, you know, some of the meetings that are happening virtually for streets and zoning um, or in uh, in person. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in the meeting, I remember before the meeting, I got a phone call from a neighborhood association, somebody that I know that said, you know, this is happening in Hyde Park. It was originally only sent out to eight people invited but we want to make sure the community shows up. So that's what the community comes in and says, no, no, no. We need, they only want eight people, but we're going to run deep. So when I got to the meeting, there were about 40 people in the meeting. It wasn't, it wasn't eight. It was about 40 people in the meeting. And um, there weren't that many people of color, although Hyde Park is very diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a, the largest, I think, percentage of immigrants live in Hyde Park. In terms of black, you know, immigrants, um, mm-hmm. people from the black diaspora. So, um, and there were a couple of people who were people of color who were, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, that were moderating the meeting. And um, the one, one of the major people wasn't even from Boston. She wasn't from, and she talked about how uh, this is happening all across the country. And this is Boston's. And the mayor's attempt to coordinate the BPDA along with this squares and streets zoning. So it's all about zoning. Mm. And zoning comes down to what you can build where, how tall, how many units, how much you can charge. So zoning. So people will think, I can buy this land and I can just build a house on it. But you've got to go through the BPDA and zoning and city requirements and everything. So it's not just um, you can just come in here and do whatever you want just because you bought the land. Now, so how mm-hmm. does, and so when you, when you talk about, and you talked about a little bit about um, reparations. Mm-hmm. And so on my other show, we talked about on another level, which is on channel six now, it used to be channel 23, but it's channel six, cable TV, mm-hmm. here out of BNN Media, we talked about how systematically in this country, the government stripped black families and black people from the land, mm-hmm. uh, 40 acres and a mule, and how that was appropriated or decided by a general, you know, after the Civil War was decided that black people, um, formerly enslaved people, were going to be able to get this land. 
And then the, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. The next president came in and said, no, we ain't going to do that. And mm-hmm. gave back the land to the, the same people, the slave owners, right? Yes, ma'am. Is this the same thing that's happening here in Boston? That land, because, mm-hmm. you know, there was a period where about 400 homes were taken illegally from black families in Dorchester, South End, Roxbury, Mattapan. And it was a lawsuit all about that. For those of us that remember, the black families never got their homes back. And so, and also, you know, there were, uh, so I think it's about 150, I'm not sure how many vacant lots that the city took mm-hmm. over because of taxes. People couldn't pay the taxes. And so there's issues now with elder people who own their homes, but because the land is valuable, the property taxes and the valuation of the um, property is going up. The property tax is going up. And if you're an elder and you're on a fixed income, mm-hmm. and they can't pay that. And so the property is being taken, taken. by the city and so other good. entities and developers. And now the mayor is talking about taking that land and giving it to developers. So help characterize, because that's I don't just believe me. You can Google it. You can look on um, the news. You can see it happening. Um, so how do you characterize that in 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 the context of reparations in Boston and these two commissions, the Boston People's Reparations Committee and the Mayor's Reparation Commission, um, should they be addressing this and how should they be addressing this? Whoa. I know that's you, a lot, exactly. right? Exactly. You just took the whole circle, though. You literally started it and took it all the way around. Um, I actually am co-leading on the Boston People's Reparations Commission. I am um, learning. I'm still learning a lot. Um, but there's a couple things that you shared that I can. I've I've spoken to people who 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 almost like verified or check give a um, a check to what you just shared about the homes and about busing, um, like in, into uh, uh, Charlestown High School. They having to duck down on buses because rocks were thrown at them. Um, it wasn't just Charlestown. It was any place that they bust black people. Right. Well, I apologize. That was just the one that came to mind. Um, and actually, that brings me to um, the People's Academy, T. Michaels. Actually, he shared that he as well um, went through that process. And um, out of that process, he came to to take on the construction jobs. And now he's wanting to train um, returning citizens, and this has been for like 15 years now, but returning citizens, unemployed, underemployed, um, into the construction trade, um, and, 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 in copper work, in, um, sheet metal, and something that, you know, copper is not something that we see a lot around, period. I think he, I think he is actually the only, um, black person, black male in Massachusetts that does this. Yes, New England. Yeah, New England. Okay, thank you. Um, and then that right by by him wanting to increase jobs and and, and job training in this area, he's going to um, people will be able to take uh, the pre apprenticeships and get sixty to eighty thousand dollars per year. You know, um, working in that trade, and that will that will be able to help. Period. Point blank is going to change the wealth gap altogether. But then also consider those families that are living in those houses that their 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 grandchildren, grandchildren may still be, you know, living there as well. But they could take on this work and be able to keep their families in that home that mom or grandma was given, you know. And so that will strike away that that opportunity in which the the city thought that they would be able to come in and offer a few dollars and um, just steal that land or that property um, from that elder person. And then we still have to talk about the um, covenants that were in um, deeds in in a lot of homeowners, white homeowners, did not sell it to a person of color. Uh, It's illegal, but it still exists, and it did exist for a long period of time. Then we have to talk about the government policies that did not allow uh, black veterans to be able to get the same incentives to buy property. And then redlining, the banks had a policy to literally draw a red line around black communities and say that it was not profitable and would not loan um, 
would not loan money to to black people that were trying to buy property. And then we have to talk about the government policy where, you know, the whole urban development and housing development where HUD, um, housing and urban development, a federal policy that, that also did not uh, incentivize, incentivize white uh, landowners and homeowners and did not incentivize black homeowners. So this isn't just about you work hard and you can buy the American dream with a picket fence. No. And, and even if that happened, there was still the uh, plenty, hundreds of incidents, thousands of incidents incidences across this country where black families would move into a neighborhood and white families would burn it out, mm-hmm. bomb it out, put um, burning crosses and stuff. And and don't just think because it happened in Mississippi, it didn't happen in Mississippi. It happened across the country. We've got like um, about 10 minutes left, maybe, um, to go over this. So when we talk about wealth transfer and reparations and the fact that during the pandemic and the largest wealth transfer in this country, it still didn't come to black people. Mm. Um, We talk about T. Michael Thomas and the People's Academy and how this man for 20 years has been operating out of his triple decker and he has land that was um, deemed uh, saleable to him on Warren Street in Roxbury. That's right to expand his school, the People's Academy. And while the mayor is giving out free land, she's not helping him. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Um, actually, you know, she she actually went on the air. We were on a Zoom, and she shared to T. Michaels um, that she wanted to speak to him off the air um, regarding, because he, he brought that up about, you know, we 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 have to go forward. We cannot continue to keep suffering under the "we'll do it next time" or uh, uh, maybe you go and raise the funds yourself, and you know, or whatever things of that sort. So so she's 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 definitely knowing what um had been passed from what what was what the information that was given from Marty Walsh when he was here about that land. Um, and it's right across from the Walgreens that was shut down. So it's like we we see it, but we don't know that that's what that's supposed to be. And so it's not developing. Um, but I wanted to go back when you shared something about the um, the money uh, that, that T. Michaels um, had been, um, well, the People's Academy, the land and things that, that it had been awarded. But it was $60 billion that was awarded to the state of Massachusetts in 2021 for infrastructure. That would have been a perfect opportunity. Again, here we are, a perfect opportunity for that to have been given in incentives to get the the 21% black uh, residences and 51% of Boston residences on each job. And that would have been, um, it could have been, it would have been, and it still can be, it's not too late, um, to to get the, the numbers of of what should be at uh, construction jobs. There's supposed to be a certain percent at construction jobs. And that would have, and that's the Boston Residency Law. So um, we, we're now going to be actually pressing to Mayor Wu and the rest of the officials that, that it should be a fine because there's no fine. And that's why it's being violated because there is no fine. I'm sorry. So we got like. I know. I'm sorry. Minutes, right. And so we broke so much information. If you just tuned in, this is WBCALP 102.9 FM in Boston. For Boston's community radio station, you are listening to Black Teachers Matter. I'm your host, Sharon Eaton Hinton, and my guest, Trapetta Simmons, community activist. We've talked about Article 80. We have talked about reparations. We have talked about the People's Academy. We want to give one last piece of information in terms of the meetings because we've got like a minute. Um, and then we want to wrap it up. Go ahead. Okay. I definitely want to start with the meeting that I didn't share about, which would be March 23rd. This is going to be the people. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, let's just talk about this immediate stuff. we got a okay, couple of minutes. Okay, so tomorrow's meeting will be at the Bruce Bowling Building down in Nubian Square at 6 p.m., and that is for um, communities speaking out about keeping the land, black-owned land, make it black-owned land from city-owned land. 
and then turn right around on Thursday at the uh, city council chambers at 10 a.m. They will be voting on um, voting on the um, reconstruction of the land. Should it be city um, um, or ordinance? Should it be the city that decides what goes on the land or should it be the people that decide that what goes on the land? Well, according to the BPDA, it should be the people that have input, but you're telling the people that um, the people need to show up. Yeah, absolutely. You have to show up and let them know that you you do have a voice. If you don't show up to them and you don't have a voice, nobody cares. And that's that's what we're going to say is it's not true. We do care and we do have a voice and we want the land to be what we want on the land that serves us. Thank you. Queen Trapetta, thank you sir. for your invaluable contribution. Thank you again for being here. I really appreciate you. Um, also, I thank you guys for being here. You just tuned in to uh, Black Teachers Matter this episode at WBCA LP 102.9 FM in Boston. The views and opinions that you've heard here are not necessarily those of BNN Media, WBCA LP, or any of its representatives. It's um, our opinions and ours alone. So we take the heat for that. I want to read something to you, though. Don't speak negatively about yourself, even as a joke. Your body doesn't know the difference. Words are energy and they cast spells. That's why it's called spelling. Change the way you speak about yourself and you can change your life. One last thing, because this is Black Teachers Matter. And we are in Black History Month, blackity black, black, black. And so every child deserves a teacher who loves teaching, loves them, and makes them feel like the most important part of their day. You have been one of the most important parts of our day. We thank you. Good night. Good night.